Yeah, we make this as raw as possible. We don't cut out anything. No swearing, no bad language. Okay. <laughs> this is long awaited, don't you think? Yeah. I feel like you've been to this house how many times? Hundreds of times you've come into this room and have never ever thought of doing a podcast together. But today's the day, my friend. The day has come. The day has come. Um, about time. About time. We've got the one and only... Jamo, Jack Morgan. It's me. <laughs> Underscore Jamo. I really want that name, man. I want to do It's Me, Idris. Is that fine? Yeah, we can do a collab. Idris <laughs> Will it work if I was to do It's Me, Idris? You can if you want. Can I? Yeah, start a movement. I'm really, really thinking to change my name to something else. I'm just thinking like, It's Me, Idris. It just sounds, sounds good. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good. It's me, JMO, guys. Listen, we've got a really, really special guest on today's podcast. I know, guys. I know we've been... I would say ghosting for a little while. Haven't been on this podcast for quite a while because obviously we've been working on so many other exciting things and pushing out many other things. The thing is, you guys don't understand how difficult it is to actually push a lot of content. If I had, if I actually had a whole team behind everything, I'd be more efficient, more, more, more productive with all the content I'm doing. But guys, we are back. It is good to be back on The Voice, the podcast where we give people a platform for them to speak about their story, about a topic in society right now. And today we are actually humbled, special, special guest on the other side of this mic, Jack Morgan, who is already a cancer survivor, right? Cancer yep. survivor. Um, he'd taken on round one, like we said, round one. And we were literally going to revisit the story of how it all happened, what happened, and now what's to come in front of us. So, Jackie Morgan, we are no longer friends. <laughs> we are no longer friends. We are no longer, we don't know each other. I want to speak from a standpoint in terms of everybody listening that aren't as knowledgeable. I want to speak from their standpoint as well. Because I feel like when I first met you, I've, I've never really knew much. I never really knew much about yeah. cancer. Well, you, you wouldn't. Yeah, and why would you? And you, know, you said that to me in the past, old, right? Yeah. You said that to me in the past that every person you've sort of encountered in in, in uh, since you've had cancer, everyone's always said like, "What's this? What's that? How how did that feel like? Was it a bit overwhelming when people would say stuff like that?" Of course, but you have to realize that oh, I've learned that a lot of people aren't as knowledgeable as I am mm. on this topic, so I always try and bear that in mind and try and be as explicit and as kind of um, comprehensive as possible when I'm trying to explain mm. stuff. And you must get loads and loads of messages of people saying to you, get well soon, get well, get well this, get well that. How does that also feel? I mean, I get it a lot sometimes, even if it's maybe I'm having a bad day or maybe I've done something really well. And I get this feeling, it's just sometimes a bit too much and it's on my side I've never really been ill in that case but now it's you're dealing with such a big illness it's, how does that come across how does that feel in your, in your case as well it's a bit it's a lot different right yeah as in it can be overwhelming at times but I know all the messages I get come from a good place mm. um, everyone has good intentions everyone means well mm. um, so you know I appreciate all the support but at times it can be overwhelming and at times I just have to try and shut off mm. and forget about Instagram and just focus on myself and make sure uh, I focus on my well-being. Mm, you always need to make sure you're good before anyone okay. else is yeah, good. Exactly. Which which can come across very selfish, I'd say. But when it's situations like this... You have to be selfish. You've got to be selfish. Yeah. And loads of us don't want to actually understand that. Sometimes I get it myself. I feel like I have a duty to make people feel happy, make people laugh, motivate people. And I get caught up into that, that I forget about myself. And then I'll go a day where it's like, I don't want to do that anymore. I literally just want to make myself happy. I want to make sure that I'm not sad anymore. I'm not going upstairs and feeling crap about myself. I start to become a bit more selfish and it can come across very, very weird. And people start to be like, uh, you're not who you are. You're not this and you're not that. And in your case, it can happen very, very frequent. Because I know, I've, I've known you for a while now. And I've seen you go through so many different kind of moods and sometimes you're feeling good and the other time you're not feeling good. That's happened so much, right? Where yeah, of course. It happens so much. and it's it, At the same time, it is hard because if you are not a selfish person, similar mm. to yourself, and you kind of sometimes feel guilty for not helping other people. Exactly. And focusing on yourself. But what I've learned recently is that you can't feel guilty. You just need to focus on yourself first. Mm. But I'll explain everything when we 
Yeah, I'll go through it. We'll dive in. So, so let's dive into the let's dive into the story when it first started and how it all started. I'm sure you've obviously repeated the story many times, but again, let it come from the heart. Let it come from the genuine genuine point of view, and just let it out. Actually, let it out so this can be something you can listen to in the future again and again and let other people hear out yeah. as well so what i'm never f- gonna forget it anyway, you never will bro sure. you never will when when did you how did it first start okay how so did it all first start september 2017 about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. i had just come back from holiday mm-hmm. and i was in the best shape of my life feeling as healthy as i had ever done you gym right you were yeah. you were working I, I work out, out mm-hmm. um, i was in really good shape Psychologically, I was really good. I was about to go into my final year, third year at university in Bristol. Studying? Engineering and maths. It's very, very big subject. Very, very yeah, intense. Tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then just before I started uni, my eye started watering. My right eye just started watering. Kind of mm-hmm. like if you've got, if you go outside and it's windy, it gets a bit teary. Teary, yeah. Or you yawn, for yeah, example. Yeah. Started tearing, didn't think anything of it. Um... A week or two later, I started getting pain in that eye, and I was at uni at that point, so I went and saw an eye specialist, Mm -hmm. and he said, oh, you've got something called dacrocystitis, and I was like, what's that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, what's that? He just hit you with that long word, (laughs) trying to confuse you. you better be prepared, I got lots of them. Really? Um, (laughs) Has your vocabulary increased a lot over these years? Definitely, isn't it? Yeah, I can imagine. My medical... Definitely. vocabulary yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead and I said what is it and he said oh it's uh, irritated eye it's itchy it's red it's crusty and I, mm. he gave me a list of all the symptoms and I said what about watering eye which is why I went and saw him he was like oh yeah don't worry about that here's some cream and you know everything should be sorted and I so phoned he, up I phoned he... up my mum <laughs> and I was like the only reason I came to see this guy was for a watering eye. And, he and then he diagnosed me with something else that was not linked wow. and said, don't worry about that. And I was like, I said to my mum, I'm not getting the prescription. <laughs> Putting cream on my eyelid isn't going to stop my eye watering. Cause, cause. Um, Wait, so this is the doctor's way. In Bristol, a specialist in Bristol. A specialist, yeah? yeah. In Bristol. Wow. An eye specialist. Okay. Okay. Um, so, it so it turned out it, it wasn't that, that word that you just said, dang. Dacrocystitis. <laughs> it wasn't that. No, right, and, you just, and you just needed cream to put on the eyelids, apparently. Supposedly. All right. And yep. me being me, I didn't accept it. Which is good. Yep. Which is good in that case. I then went to London a few days later because my pain was getting worse. I started feeling a little lump mm. in the corner of my eye. Not in my eye, mm. but kind of in between the eye and your nose. Mm. In the tear duct. And saw a specialist in, in North London. And he said, oh... Uh, we think it's a blocked tear duct, mm. so he thinks that something in behind in my tear duct was blocked, so that's why it was watering because it's kind of like a hose pipe that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. got a kink in. Effectively, yeah. that's how they yeah, described yeah. it. So they kind of put something through my tear duct and tried to flush it through, and they said, "Ah, oh, come back in a few months if you still have pain." Come back in a few months. And at this time, the pain was wow. getting bad. I what's, started what's feeling. The what's the pain? Just you shooting pain, like I nerve pain in your eyes. Yeah, just kind of in, in the corner, yeah. Mm. Just shooting pain. Um, every so often it was, you know, Intense. once an hour, once a day. Mm. It, just, yeah, it yeah. just came and went whenever. Went back to, uh, back to Bristol. Um, I started getting another lump on my neck. And I, I just knew something wasn't right. Mm. Three weeks earlier I'd had no lumps, no watering eye. And now I'm getting lumps and pain on one side of my face. Yeah. So I then came back to London again saw um ENT specialist which is um can't give us a word go on you've got it what is that ear nose and throat neck and throat nose probably yeah makes sense um that area no probably eyes eyes oh yes obviously Obviously, exactly my eye oh that's awful Uh, now now this is on record me literally (laughs) I never like being wrong Nah, you know, cool. it? <laughs> oh, Bear awful. in mind, this is someone who's got how many A stars in his GCSEs? Eleven. Eleven. <laughs> so I'm literally dealing with a genius right now. How, what did you get in your A levels? Three A's. Three A's. That's okay. alright. That's minor. Yeah. Studies, studies, massive mathematical engineering in Bristol. Not a problem. Um, Anyways, I'm embarrassed of that. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Just keep it ENT. Go on, keep ENT. Uh, yeah. And he looked at my neck lump. Mm. 
and he said, oh, it must be a swollen gland. And he said, the two arm related, the two lumps I've got. And I said, mm. well, I didn't have any lumps a few weeks ago. I've got one lump by my eye, one lump on my neck, Jeez. and a little one coming up. How can they be unrelated? Mm. They were on the same side of my face. I was like, this is crazy. That afternoon, I had an appointment in Harley Street, which is kind of a top, the top, r- the top road in yeah, yeah. in the world almost. For everything, for, surgery, for everything, plastic surgery, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And I saw a specialist, and I'd already had X-rays and all of um, other scans, at all the previous appointments as well, and they had all seen nothing. Mm-hmm. Within 30 seconds, this doctor in Harley Street sat me down. Oh, don't tell me he spotted it. He said, he felt it, he said, this isn't normal. He said, let's do a biopsy. So mm-hmm. a biopsy is where they cut in, take out some tissue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which hurts, right? Oh yeah, as in he had to in- like numb, numb my, the corner of my eyes. So he had to inject, had to watch a needle go into the corner of my nose. Had no, to that's keep my, my biggest fear, bro. Needles are my biggest fear. Now my biggest fear, I've like. always had this fear, right, of someone getting a needle and just literally going slowly, slowly, oh. Into yeah, so I had eye. to watch it no go right way. into the corner there, oh my right by my nose. Yeah, go on. And that was on a Friday, mm. and I came in on the Monday, Yeah. and he said, I didn't let my parents come into the room actually, because really? I knew, Yeah. I knew I was kind of prepared for the worst. I was hoping he wouldn't say it, but uh, I didn't want my parents to come in, because if they got told that news in front of me they would have got upset and that would have made me upset yeah so yeah I to it breaks you yeah did, did you at any point right did you at any point before the doctor telling you before actually meeting this last doctor that was quite mm. knowledgeable did you at any point have any idea that it's going to be what it was um, well have a feeling or i'd looked up everything to do with my eye really um, I'd read medical journals, read research papers, everything. Wow. And a lot of the stuff was saying it was um, a blocked tear duct. Um, and sorry, it wasn't dacrocystitis. It's called blepharitis. Oh, blepharitis. there he goes again. He's got it wrong. Blepharitis was the... Uh, He's got it wrong yeah, again. I get all these terms. What's going on, up? mate? <laughs> 11, 11 A stars, yeah? Blepharitis <laughs> okay, is the irritated yeah, yeah, yeah. eye. Dacrocystitis is what the other doctors all said. Dacrocystitis is blocked tear duct. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. originally, the, the guy with the cream said <laughs> it was blepharitis. Blepharitis. Then? But then they all said it was dacrocystitis, all which right. is a blocked tear duct. All right, yeah, so that's yeah, what yeah, they yeah. said. Okay. So everything online is said dacrocystitis. Um, they can do an operation. They basically fix yeah. the tube. Then it's fine. But then when I started getting other lumps, you I start seeing stuff to do with cancer online. But then it said you know there are benign. Oh, well, There's man. benign or malignant. Mm. So benign means it's not cancerous. So okay, some people okay. will get one one little cancerous patch thing. I'm um, sorry, not, not non-cancerous okay. lump, mm-hmm. and they get it removed. Let's say a, a mole or something. Yeah, Some yeah, people yeah, get yeah. that removed. Yeah. Um, but then um, malignant means it's cancerous. And as soon as I got another one pop up, you mm. don't get two Random, benign. Yeah. You don't get two benign benign tumors, because for it to be benign, it means it's just a one-off freak. Mm-hmm. Freak lump. As mm-hmm. soon as you've got more than one growing, it you shows, it shows it's rapidly, cancer. Yeah. So I knew it was cancer. Wow. Um, so uh, I went in on the Monday and he said, he sat me, he said, you're a smart guy. He said, I know you've done your research. Uh, he said, it's, you've got cancer. <laughs> so wow. that was a moment I will never forget, that's for sure. Mm. Um, I then... What were you so feeling, bro? I just froze. Bef- yeah, exactly. Froze. Before we skip any parts, and we just you know, talk about the story, because it's very easy to talk about the story, but we obviously want to know about emotions and moments as well. So the guy said to you, look, you know, you're a smart kid, you know what you're doing, and yeah, you've got cancer. What actually happened? A second later, what was your mind thinking? What was going through your mind? India. My kind of world, it just froze. Literally, mm-hmm. I just froze. I actually took out my phone mm-hmm. and my girlfriend at, at the time mm-hmm. my, my ex now um, she was messaging me mm-hmm. wanting to know obviously mm-hmm. and my first response as soon as my doctor sitting in front of me saying you've got cancer and I just pick up my phone and I text her it's cancer retrospectively looking back it was the worst worst way to tell her really because 
I didn't know at the time how yeah. to yeah, yeah. how to how to respond. So you, um, were, you I were... look up at him mm. after I put my phone down. I look up at him and I just say, "Get my parents." <gasps> okay. So he goes, opens the door, and my parents are looking at me as they're walking in, and I just mouth. Can you see like hope walking. You see yeah, and I just in their eyes? they're just anxious, mm. and I look at them and I just mouth. I just go, "It's not good." Really? Yeah. I just shook my head and I just said, it's not good. Wow. Um, so I remember sitting down with them, um, the doctor explaining that it's cancer. They're now yeah. going to forward me to the oncologist, which are the cancer yeah, yeah, yeah. cancer doctors um, at the Royal Marsden. Um, and he'll take it from there. Um, so I then told all my friends that day. I remember a lot of the conversations. And then... A few weeks later, I'm not sure, um, I then saw, or a week later, I saw the oncologist at the mm-hmm. Marsden. And I spent a few weeks every week coming back because they kept doing testing, really? sending my tissue that the doctor had done in Harley Street mm-hmm. all over the world, doing, genetic, really? t- doing genetic testing to find out what type of cancer it is. All right. And... In the end, after about another two, three weeks, they couldn't find out what it was. They left it as undifferentiated carcinoma. So mm. carcinoma means tissue cancer. Mm-hmm. So that can be lung cancer, lung cancer. The technical term is lung carcinoma. Okay. So it's a yeah, tissue yeah, yeah. cancer. Yeah. Undifferentiated means it has no defining characteristics. They literally can't put a name. They can't put a name on it. Wow. They can't fit it into. Is that common? No, it's extremely, extremely rare, especially Mm. in the tear duct. They had literally seen a handful of people before Mm. um, with it, and all of them were 50, 60 years old. So that's why they also said it was so hard to detect. Exactly, at the time you were 21, right? Yeah. 21, okay. So none of them had even... Was I 20? You must have been 21. Last year I was uni, 20, 21. 20. 20, see, it's 21 yeah. kid, sit there, it's 20, 20 year old kid. Yeah. Wow. Getting something that one, no one ever gets. Yep. And if, handful, and the yep. people that have got it were all in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Wow. Um, so it was an extremely rare, yeah, yeah. extremely rare thing. And they said it was caused by genetic translocation. More words for you. Give me, <laughs> feed me, explain to me. Yeah. So, so what does that mean? So does that mean it's come passed down from the family? Um, no, it basically means that my chromosomes flipped right. Right. and caused a mutation. They have no idea how that happened, right, why yeah. that happened, but that's what caused it. So it didn't really give me much apart from the fact that it was just some freak genetic thing. Mm. Something went weird in my DNA. See, things I never understood, right? And again, I'm not someone that's an expert when it comes to these stuff, but I just never understood how that just that little flip like why did it happen in that specific time what causes that flip why does that happen in our body what you know it makes it, it brings a lot of questions and yeah, obviously it's a freak occurrence and being vegan running marathons every day doing mm. anything that nothing's going to stop nothing. that you have no control yeah, yeah, exactly over because a lot of people will say oh you know there's so much speculation yeah. over cancer. We all know the mm. speculation around it. You need to do this. You need to eat this. You need to, oh, it's because of this. You smoke this. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a government-made mm. disease and this is population control. There's so much things around it, but we never actually get an actual answer as to why that, even just that mm. little flip can decide mm. the rest of your life, can actually dictate what's going to happen to you in the next few years. Just that little flip results into you losing your hair and it results into you going to into chemo into this into that it's just that little flip yeah that no one understands and it's crazy just, just crazy. some freak so overwhelming when some freak when you think about thing it thing causes a mutation and then those mutated it's just ripple effect yep one after they the other divide and replicate one after the other one after the other but I was, I was thinking as well so you know, once so in the space of four weeks, sorry, in the space of four weeks, mm. I'd gone from no cancer, perfectly healthy in yeah. my mind, mm-hmm. to stage three. This is exactly what I was going to say to you stage right now. Three, when, when the guy first told you, look, Jack, you've got cancer, to, I don't know, two to three to four weeks, did everything suddenly start to feel very fast and very real and like things were starting to happen very quickly? Is that what you were going through in that moment in time? Or were you more like, 
I don't know what's going on. What's happening? I need to wait for this result. What is actually going on? What was your what was going on in that time? For um, up to like four weeks later on, for example. It was it just didn't feel real until I actually started treatment. Mm. It didn't feel real. Really? So for those four weeks in between diagno- diagnosis and starting treatment, it didn't feel real. It just didn't feel like it was happening to me. I didn't know what to expect. I was going into the unknown. I didn't know what chemotherapy would entail. I didn't know what radiotherapy would entail. Mm. Didn't know anything. Um, so at the time, I was obviously shocked for the first few days and week or whatever. And then as time passed in between, I just wanted to know, first of all, what, what I had, which mm-hmm. in the end, they never exactly specified. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just didn't feel real. It just didn't really sink in. I kind of disassociated it. I felt like... It was, it was not like you. a third person yeah, looking third person, down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But between the time when he told you he'd got cancer and the next time you'd had chemo or mm. like an actual treatment for it, how long was that period? Um, probably, I think I got I got diagnosed October twenty second or twenty fourth, right. and I started treatment probably. November? Middle of November. Yeah. Middle of November. So a few weeks, two, few three weeks. weeks, three weeks after. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's very, And in that very time, soon. I was going in, asking for more, um, having appointments, having yeah. uh, gaining more information, and then also doing tests on my kidneys and all my other organs, doing mm. checks, blood tests, just to make sure that everything was okay before they yeah. started treatment. And how, how important is friends, family supporters strangers in that moment in time how, how important is it during those periods of time um yeah you can't can't explain how important really having a as in to be honest during that time i can't as in my mind literally it's fried my brain and a lot of the time mm. as in it is a thing you your brain kind of blocks out certain when you go through trauma your Mm. brain blocks out certain things so I can't remember exactly whether it was then or at least I do know during treatment having a positive network of people around you whether that's friends family whether that's your wider Instagram social media community sending you messages of support yeah but having that is key it is it's key it's Um, vital because for me I'm a firm believer in the power of the mind and mm. mind over matter yeah. and positivity I don't believe that you can cure your own cancer just with being positive mm. but I believe it makes a huge difference yeah, to, 100%. Um, to your quality of life as well mm. during during treatment forcing yourself to eat go to the gym 100% um, so having a group of people around you that will allow you to and help you to stay positive in those times when you're not feeling positive because obviously you can't be mm. 100% positive the whole time you know yeah, that like I said to you in the beginning you were you were obviously going through ups and then downs and ups and then downs and, and so does everyone exactly 100% is it's the same when you're up you feel good you want to be around people when you're down you want to block off everyone else and you literally just want to be with your own self and it's a normal thing to do but now we're talking you know you've got a serious thing that can determine you know life or death it's like people are even more important because it's like you get the worst of the worst and the best of the best when you're down you're really really down because now you're battling against something but when you're up you're like really up because you're you've on a high you're on a high because there's more support more attention more people more this more that there's not like a middle or anything no, you go from two extremes you go from extreme thank highs thank to you. extreme lows so extreme high extreme low must be so draining for the body for the mind for Everybody, everybody, even your family must be so drained because they're thinking, oh yeah, Jack's good today. Oh no, Jack's not good today. Jack's really upset and he's feeling ill and he's feeling weak. And one day you see me in the gym working out, me posting these motivational videos on Instagram. And then the next day I'm too weak to even stand up and walk. And I think people listening as well right now, they need to take this in, in just in general, man. Some of us don't even have a serious illness in the back of our mind or something that's going on with our body but we're still struggling with the fact that we have extreme goods and extreme bads. We need to just humble ourselves a little bit and realize, look, there's people going through some worse situations right now. Just appreciate a little bit and just don't over-exaggerate and overreact. I mean, I'm not even gonna put it out there too much, but the other day you sent me that little story and the little something that someone had someone a little incident put out on whatnot. social media. Right, someone had a little incident yeah. on social media and unnamed. They, and they exaggerated it to the fullest and you literally As if they sent were it going to, me. to die. Yeah, and you literally sent it to me. 
out of somebody who's literally survived something that could have decided life or death. And you just said to me, like, what a joke. And I read it and I was like, wow. I'll bite my tongue. I won't say anything further because you want exactly. to keep it Yeah, clean. yeah, 100%. 100%. We'll keep, but let's just say we'll I wasn't too impressed. We're keeping it real, but we are real people, bro. We are real people. You said it straight to me and we're like, what the hell is this person talking about? And for me, in a position where I know quite a few people who've actually been through a lot, you know, you're a very good friend of mine. I've got my cousin, I've got family members as well. And I'm very aware that when I go through something, you guys are the first people that pop into my mind. And I know it's it's maybe hard for you to believe because you're like, oh, it's just, we're friends, man, chill. But people like yourself are always in my mind. When I go through tough times, when I have something wrong with me, when I hurt my body or not, or I'm just feeling mentally drained, you guys pop into my mind and I'm just like, Hang on a sec. He's been through worse and he's got through it. I can do the same. That that's the type of mentality and that's the type of energy people should push towards having right now. It's not easy to get, but just please bear that in mind, people. Please yeah. bear that in mind when you're going through something. Don't over exaggerate. Don't I think it's all about perspective. Yeah, exactly. It's perspective. It's it's just a way of seeing things and you know, don't over exaggerate. You know, that's that's I wanted to get out of there. I'm not gonna lie, I want people to people complaining that out of there. about our you know how crap their hotel room is or whatever like, at least on. or how bad their food is you know sometimes come you need to take a step, step yeah. back and say at least you you're eating 100%. at least you've got a roof over your head exactly etc exactly anyways we've we you know I've, I've, we put it out there we needed to put that out there jack <laughs> yeah. we needed to put it out there but look you know you've had your first treatment it's what is it chemo radio explain to me the yeah, difference because so, so only, only so you told me yeah i'll explain so i had two cycles of chemotherapy and then six weeks of radiotherapy right. so chemotherapy is a drug normally some people do take it in tablets but mm-hmm. the majority of the time drip. it's IV intravenous in into your on a drip into your veins yeah. into your whole system so it's basically poison that's wow. put it bluntly it's Straight basically up. poison yeah um, it kills all the good and bad unfortunately so mm-hmm. that's why it, it basically targets the cancer cells and mm-hmm. hopefully kills that off. It goes through your whole body. It's a drug. Like goes a rinse. Into, um, <laughs> Washes it But out. then it also targets all the other specialized cells. So mm. taste buds, um, hair follicles. Mm. So that's why people... It's not the cancer that makes hair fall out. Mm. It's the chemotherapy. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, one sec. Had a hiccups. <laughs> and... Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So it's not the... It's yeah. It's chemo that does yeah, it. Yeah, the chemotherapy hair loss makes you feel sick and there are loads of side effects but chemotherapy actually isn't one drug it's a name for a load of different cancer Mm -hmm. drugs Mm -hmm. but it they all basically do the same thing Mm -hmm. but some people have different side effects so some people will be on chemotherapy and not lose their hair because Mm -hmm. that drug doesn't have it as a side effect but in general chemotherapy it goes into your vein you normally lose your hair you feel sick you're drained of your energy it's impossible to describe unless you've been through it, mm-hmm. as in you literally feel like death. Wow. Um, you are zapped of energy. Wow. Um, if you've ever been hungover, exhausted, tired, no sleep, it's that times a million. Like 24-7. Yeah, times a million with no energy. Jeez. You know, I had a day where I literally felt like I was going to die. I, I didn't even have the strength to pick up my knife and fork. I literally, wow. it was too heavy. Wow. Um, so that's chemotherapy so i had six days 24 7 24 7 um and then two weeks off to recover mm-hmm. and then another six days so that was the two cycles they're yeah. called cycles yeah um are they always six days or no that was just the drugs the, one that, the one that i had yeah, yeah, yeah and then i had six weeks of radiotherapy so radiotherapy also kills all the good and bad but mm-hmm. it's basically like a scan it's a laser Mm-hmm. Um, similar to if you've had a CT scan or an x-ray, mm-hmm. you don't feel anything whilst you're in it. Yeah, of course not. But every day, the radiation... Um, Eats into it more and burns into yeah, it more. Yeah, but it's really, really specific. Unlike chemotherapy, which will go through your whole body, whole body. this, they can shine the laser on that tumour. Specific area, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, so you still get um, negative side effects, mm. burning of skin, you yeah. still get tired because of the radiation and maybe nauseous but not to the same extent because at the first time I mean you had the the things on your on your yeah, face the right the lumps yep. so it was easier for them to just target with a laser yeah fair enough because they did chemotherapy time, yeah. to stop the cancer spreading, spreading everywhere else yeah. and shrink it and then afterwards they use radiotherapy the laser just, just to get rid off. of those specific uh-huh, uh-huh. those specific tumours so for me because uh, the tumours were in my head and neck mm-hmm. I had to have a mask literally 
something I can't show you now. It's a I know, you, you, so you saw me. It's I've a mask it. that was molded to my face mm -hmm. and I was screwed in literally to the table wow. every day for six weeks because of six because weeks it's so every day. targeted mm -hmm. um, to the millimetre. So that's mm -hmm. why they had to lock in my face and wow. so I couldn't move at all. And for five minutes, I'd just be in the machine, come out, go home. Um, for six weeks, yeah. every day. So for the first two weeks, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Um, I also had one thing of chemo on the first day. So I went in just for half a day, not six days. Yeah, yeah. Had an injection, same thing. So I was ha mm. actually having radiotherapy and chemotherapy wow. at the same time. Wow. And very intense, man. Yeah, very, very intense. As in, it couldn't intense. have been more intense. They're so, they're so, the two together, right? Mm. The radio and the chemo, they're so powerful and they're so overpowering Yo, they kill people in itself they kill literally just, just a lot the of name people itself die. but yeah. a lot of people die from that they have one injection of chemotherapy and they're dead the body you know, just doesn't people, yeah. can't cope with it and yeah because mine was so aggressive and fortunately I was in the best shape of my life and yeah. young and my organs were in good health yep. they could afford to give me the max they wow. could afford to give me the strongest treatment this, the is most this is what makes me just think about those who aren't as healthy and yeah. young it just exactly I don't know how you mm. could do it at 40, 50, 60. I know, I know. And that's also why now I try and make sure, you know, you drinking, see. I've never really drunk. Yeah. But for now, I would, I take that, I bear that in mind. 100%. You want your organs 100%. and your body to be in the best shape possible for the rest mm. of your life. That's a big motivation for me. That's why I go to the gym. 100%. To be in the best shape of my life because, God forbid, if anything were to happen again, mm. I want to be in the fittest shape to 100%. fight it. 100%. Good. If you go in, under the weather, out of shape, mm. organs bad because you've been smoking, drinking. You've got no just chance. Weak. You've got just no chance. Weak. Exactly, just yeah. weak, man. But finished, you finished the radio, yep. which was six weeks yep. intense every single day. And a lot of people said to me in the hospital when I was having chemotherapy, yeah. if you can do chemo, radio's going to be fine. It's a walk in the park. Really? Because everyone else had had it kind of maybe on their breasts, for example. Yeah, so yeah, what it does, it's targeted. So maybe it will burn your skin yeah. on your chest. You'll get tired, a bit nauseous. Yeah. But because of where it was, your face, bro. Um, it started obviously burning the skin, but because it was around my cheek, it would then burn the inside of my mouth mm. um, to the point where I then couldn't swallow. It was destroying all the muscles. Mm. Couldn't swallow. I literally just had saliva sitting there. I couldn't swallow. I had to spit it out. Mm. Um, all my taste buds were gone. Um, I didn't eat for about a month. I didn't eat solid food. You didn't about. eat for a month. Yeah. But they were so, giving you something, right? They were giving. Yeah, you I had these little shakes. shakes so by the end, drinks. I went down to like forty-six kilograms. Forty-six. I don't know what that is in stone. No, that's like seven stone. Or that's like featherweight, basically. <laughs> when you think about it, that's very, very, very light for a boy as well. Yeah. So you'd lost a lot of weight. Yeah, you just because of not eating. I was in the worst. That mm. was the worst. Mm. Chemotherapy was the worst thing I'd ever done. Yeah. And radiotherapy. Just topped it off. Yeah, it was even worse. Just destroyed it. And then at the end, when I was at my worst, end of January, mm. I then had chemotherapy again for one day really? as well. Again? I had so they finished it off? Yeah. Wow. So, so in total, you had three chemos and six weeks of radio. Or four chemos. Two. Four chemos. Two and so two. And done. Yeah. You and then I finished January 26th, 2018. Yeah. And then I slowly started recovering mm. over the next few months, slowly put, put weight back on. Mm -hmm. um, how, slowly. How did it feel, right? When you finish, I don't know, you literally left hospital for the last time. What, what did it feel like? I mean, it, do you, my question is, when you when you go through chemo, you go through yeah. radio, and you've left the hospital, does that mean now you are gonna survive? Like, are you have you gone past the death experience? Basically, have you survived now? Well, they stopped treatment. Mm. They thought we think this should this should be enough. Yeah. So I then had to wait six weeks for my first scan to see oh, if it was working. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your body is so inflamed, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's swollen up. Mm -hmm and react, reacted to all the chemicals and all mm -hmm. the treatment. They have to wait because maybe in a scan it would show up that there's still something yeah, there yeah, when yeah. it's not. And also it has a long-term effect. So even though I finished on the 26th, mm -hmm. my side effects got worse for another two weeks. Wow, so yeah. So it, it takes a while, it's, mm -hmm. it's not instant. 
So that's why they also wait. But there's also a bit more of a relief when you walk out thinking that I've actually survived the hard part. Now it's... Wait and see. Just wait. Which now it's, it's a psychological game. problem. Yeah, it's a waiting game and it becomes a psychological problem rather than the physical problem. So yeah, exactly. the, the, the psychological kicked in now. What is in your mind? What are you, what are you saying to yourself? What, what's going on? I actually, I went away a lot, tried to keep myself busy. Mm. I think March, I then, a month later, um, I started feeling on the up. So I'd hit my lowest, yeah. and I started feeling like I was in recovery. Yeah. Um, in April, I did the, the big PET scan, so the PET, the PET scan is... Yeah. Um, Wait, are we skipping the part where you met me? And we had a little magical moment, and looked at each other in the eyes, <laughs> and fell in love. <laughs> you skipped the part, you know? Let's not skip that part. That, that part is really, really important, bro, because I think... I, when I was, was that? Like that was, I think March. I okay, think March. March, March times. I remember when you were went to do a pet scan. I think it was a couple of weeks after I first met you. And I, this is from my perspective now, yeah. I'd first known, I'd say the Morgan family because obviously your brother Sam Morgan and what yeah. you've done, and obviously your sisters, whatever, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I never really knew that you were an older brother or anything. I knew your brother from. But you knew, so, so I'd heard of, I'd heard of. Sam's brother being ill and something's going on and you know people talk and whatnot and after my brother had known you because of what you you know him before yeah. from the gym and stuff and then we obviously looked into your profile he'd shown me your profile I remember this like it was yesterday brother but we were going through our toughest time when when I first encountered you we were literally going through our toughest time we'd just been kicked out of a gym we were shattered bro and it was tough and i literally remember this night i was sat down in our old flat and we just finished eating at like what 12 o'clock at night me and yusuf were done from the day and he showed me this video and it was you right doing a plank i think it was five minutes if I yeah recall. i remember i remember that video. five remember minutes of that. you doing a plank and he goes to me watch this and i automatically seen that you obviously you lost all your hair and i could relate that this probably you know you probably went through cancer and he goes to me idris bro if this guy is doing that and he went through all of that, we can't complain. That's the exact words he said to me, bro. He said to me, if you, if this kid has went through that, you, we can't complain. And automatically, I just felt this rush of energy being like, whoa, we are not in a bad position right now. We are literally in the best position of our lives. We are so blessed. Wow. I'm telling you, I'm literally telling you, you and obviously my cousin who had suffered from an acid attack, it, it really plug that whole energy back in towards and from that moment in time we were just on the rise and the first step for us to do was as normal human beings and you know we come from a very very um well brought up family like my family taught us respect taught us love taught us how to teach people care for people good morals we exactly we grew up with good morals and family gave it really well and we said to each other look we need to meet this kid. We genuinely need to go and just get out of our own way and go see this kid and go meet him. So he got in touch with you, we got in touch with you, etc. Et to be honest, remember? I had no idea what, what your intentions were. I yeah. just got a message from know, these know, personal I know, I know. trainers. I obviously knew your brother and yeah. I'd seen yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, why do they want to meet me? <laughs> I was literally so confused. I was I like, no, that's the thing. It was very confusing because people think, oh yeah, if you're a PT, you're just a PT, you're not a human being, you're not, you know, you haven't got love, you haven't got emotions. We were literally taken back by it all. and. I remember before we came to your house, we'd gone and bought you something. Was it? It was that day, right? We'd yeah. gone and we'd gone to JD. I think it was that day or the, JD or something. You got we'd gone and bought you some outfit and stuff and said to you, "Look, shorts yeah. and, a, and a tank top," because you yeah. said, "Look, this is obviously a motivation for you to, you know, get yeah. back into working out and stuff." I remember that picture. Yeah, that picture. And then we'd come to you, and I, that's that's that that day was like raw, you know. Again, I said to you this seriously. The next week after that, we'd had another hit, another bad thing happened to us. And then again, and again, it was like a good month of bad things kept happening to us. And me and Yusuf would always say to each other, bro, think about it. The Jack Morgan theory. The Jack, this is what we called it. The Jack wow. Morgan theory. We literally made the theory. Till, because you, you're you, telling me now. you told us, bro, you taught us this whole, you know, survivor's obligation and, you know, you got to get through it and mind over matter. And that kept sticking into our head. And we kept saying to each other, Yusuf, the Jack Morgan theory. Idris, Jack Morgan theory. And it helped us so much man i just want to say thank you for that obviously thank you it means a lot honestly <laughs> it, it helped guys. us so much and that's why i felt the, i felt the it wasn't a duty for me to come to you every day bro as in when when i was when i was obviously helping you work mm -hmm. out and getting staying keeping your company and stuff it was more like i i needed it 
you know i needed it as much as you needed it which was special because it wasn't like me coming over just to you know be with you and you know waste my time or anything i needed that hour that couple hours to come see you to be like let me get out of my stressful day and just be with this person who gives me energy you know i saw so much i learned so much and then even the fact that you were working out just made me feel like whoa anything's possible and you were so weak at those times, bro. Yeah, I remember. I, remember I couldn't even do a body weight squat nothing, or lunge. Nothing, nothing. I remember were, being with you. You were so weak, but you were so strong inside. And that's the thing. We kept going, we kept pushing through it, and we had some fun, good times, bro. Yeah. Even in the swimming pool, remember? <laughs> Me and Jack Morgan dressed up in the bikinis. And we <laughs> <laughs> I went and jumped into the water and stuff. But yeah, like that's it. And that, the dancing, us dancing in the gym. Remember, oh, wow, that video, that video. Man. Do that again this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. You know, you met us at our lowest point. We met you at one of your lowest points. Exactly. And we lifted each other up and we went. That's why we've built such a good friendship, such a good Mutually brotherhood, beneficial. bro. It's, a, it's, it's more than friendship, it's brotherhood. Like, I respect you as a brother, I've seen you as a brother, and it just grew massively. And exactly. Then, you know, every time you tell me, look, Idris, I got a scan, you'd call me up, I'd be one of the first first person to tell, yo, you know, I, I managed to clear, I get the clear, I get the clear. And fast forward to, you know, a couple months. I'm only I'm only fast forwarding the story because I don't I want people to have like an hour just to listen to this yeah. all, but so we have time to speak about it as well. You know, you fast forward to this moment where you're what what was the date when uh, there was a period when you started to work out and you told me you had the chest pain, right? I'm talking yeah, about so, round two. Okay, so long story short, mm. got the all clear in April, just to summarize. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Fast forward, got the all clear, went back to university, end of September, this um, 2018, mm-hmm. so about six months ago, mm-hmm. to finish what I'd started, go back into third year. Because mm. you given time, you a chance, right? Yeah, to yeah. go back into third year, finish my degree, and then finally be done. I'd already deferred my jobs, everything, so mm-hmm. I started. Got to Christmas time, I was struggling psychologically with motivation because I just I wanted to be bro. done. I wasn't, I wasn't even at uni. <laughs> you didn't even want to do any work. You would yeah. call me up and you should say something. So I wanted to do my app and this yeah, yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just wanted to be out there. And then in January, so mm. two months ago, whatever it is now, mm-hmm. January 2019, start getting chest pain mm. and short of breath and kind of back pain. Mm-hmm. Saw my GP, they gave me antibiotics. Took it for a week, went back to uni, still was the same. Yeah. Went back, saw a specialist. They, you know, they weren't really sure, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I then ended up at A&E about a week later, middle of Jan. This was strange, because you you literally said to me, look, I've got this chest pain. You know, I thought maybe it's from you working out, doing a heavy chest session. And yeah, because I came to you, I was like, come on, you give me a massage. Yeah, like, I was thinking, yeah, you know what, I'm going to give this guy a massage, I'm going to stretch him out, I'm going to make it feel better after a couple of, you know. You still owe me that massage. massage. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, you know, normally that pain lasts, what, two days, three days after the heavy gym session? Bro, this was going on for a week, for for two weeks now, and you're telling me I can't breathe, I can't do this. And we we went on a night out as well. I remember that day, and you were like, Look, I've come here because I just want to show respect, mm. but I feel so ill, I feel so weak. And for your party, yeah. yeah, you said to me, look, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I was like, okay. On my behalf, I said... Yeah, I just want to show, up, show my face. Yeah, yeah, but on my behalf, I saw it as, okay, something's wrong, man. Something doesn't feel right. Mm. And then, you know, yeah. you carry on seeing specialists. So I ended up at A&E one mm. night in so much pain. They did an x-ray. They said, one of your lung is an abnormality. Something's mm. not right. Uh, the next day they did some tests and looked looked at some more scans and they said you've got fluid in your lungs so that's why you can't breathe properly because mm. it's filling up so when you breathe in you can't breathe properly um, and that's also what's causing uh, the pain in your back and mm. I said well what's what's causing the fluid and they said uh, we think it's a lower respiratory tract infection which is a general term used for a chest infection bronchitis or pneumonia Okay. So those are kind of the three. So yeah, yeah. basically a bad chest infection. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, I don't even have a sore throat or a cough. If I had a bad chest infection, at least I'd have a temperature. Mm. At least I'd have a sore throat. Mm-hmm. I felt fine. I was just in a lot of pain in my back yeah. and my chest and I couldn't breathe properly. Yeah. Even now, like I'm, I'm short of breath. You no, know, no, no, speak. no. You can tell, yeah. And um, they then went and drained some fluid the next day. So they put a needle into 
kind of through my back into my chest, drained some fluid. A week later, all the tests came back on the fluid, inconclusive. Didn't show anything, had some inflammation. Um, and then they said we can do this other test where they put a camera kind of into your chest and then they cut in from the outside at the same time. And then the specialist said, we, after that, if that still comes up as inconclusive based on your medical history, we can do a PET scan. Mm. And I said to him, this was a Monday night, I said, before you do that, just do a PET scan first. Put my mind at ease. Mm. Because of my history, rather than putting me through more procedures and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 wasting time a lot as well. Do the PET scan. Mm. So the next day, the Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, I had the PET scan. Tuesday night, I went for dinner, just with my friends. And I thought I was getting a call, you know, in a few days later. No one gets a call two hours later. Jeez. I'm at dinner, just my food just arrived, and he phoned me up saying, uh, it's cancer. <sighs> so I was out. I told my doctor to phone my parents. I was obviously devastated, shocked. I was shocked. I think my first feeling actually was, sorry, uh, it was frustration. Mm. It was frustration. Because I was thinking, I've just got my life back together, just done yeah. some exams, just got all my weight back on. I'm in good shape good again. Good shape, very good shape. Um, why has this why happened me? again? Yeah, why, yeah. why me? Why is this happening again? I've just got through it. It's been only six months since the all clear. And my doctor actually said I had had a scan in December, about mm. three weeks earlier, but he didn't do it on my chest. He just did it on my head and neck. Yeah. And that showed up that clear. Is why so we yeah, thought, yeah. okay, that's six months, almost a year, actually. A year, because doctors count it, not since you got the all clear, mm -hmm. but since you finished treatment. Okay. And he said, if it's going to come back, it will come back within a year. And that was based, I got, I finished treatment January 26th, and I got so diagnosed yeah. again about the 4th of Feb. So it was literally a Accurate. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, it's been a year in December, they scanned it, all good, it's gone. Um, so that all kind of came crashing back to reality. Was it the same feeling as when you first got told? I was just in shock. I was like, really? I'm not going to swear, but I was like, yeah, yeah. really, really angry. Yeah. Frustrated. Yeah. Did they tell you what stage it was? So they the didn't first, say anything. First they just time said, it was, what stage? Stage was three. So because stage it's, three. So there. Are, yeah, explain the explain. stages as well, please. So there are four stages with cancer. Different mm -hmm. cancers kind of have sub stages, but the kind of general thing. Yeah, yeah. Stage one to four. Stage one means it's just one little tumor in one place. Stage two is it's grown, but it's still in one place. Yeah. Stage three is it's spread somewhere else, like into your lymph nodes, into your lymphatic system, because okay. you've got lymph nodes everywhere, okay. armpits everywhere. So once it's in there, it can spread everywhere. Spread everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then stage four is when it's gone to a major organ. <sighs> So, so obviously stage four time is hard. Uh, is the max work worse? As yeah. in more risky. Yeah. Stage one is more. Yeah. Stage one normally they just take it out. Take even it stage two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the first time was stage three. Yeah. It's spread. And it obviously. also depends on what cancer you have. You yeah. know, stage one of one cancer can still be deadly and quite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who, who knows how the 100%. body how so, your body reacts? So it was stage three because it was originally in the corner of my eye and had a few tumors in my neck, mm. in my lymph nodes. Mm. Um, this time they had to check, I had to wait another week because um, they had to do a biopsy. They went into my back, into my, into my lung again. And they actually said it, we found it in the lining of one of your lungs. Mm. Um, and then as I'm lying, about to have the fluid drained, he's about to shove the needle in my right side. And they had told me it was in my left side. And I said, wow. I said, I think it's wrong. You're, you're going in, into the wrong wow. side. And he goes, no, it's in both. Wow. So whilst I'm lying there, I've You'd mentally prepared, I'd found out that it's in both no way. So even even I forgot this story. I remember you told me, but yeah. even I forgot this story and it's hit me hard yeah. right now. You're sat there, you're laying there, already Thinking. accepted that it's on one side, and now the kid's gone and done it on the other side and told you, yeah, yeah, sorry, mate, it's, it's, it's both sides. You just gotta, yeah. you gotta shut up and just get on with it, yeah. sort of thing. And wow. So that was whilst I'm that lying there, tough. face down, arms up, whilst they're shoving a needle into my that back. That is tough, man. Um, so wow. that caught me off guard. Mm. Um, so they then had to wait and do the test to make sure they wanted to know either it's the same cancer that's come back mm. or it's a completely new cancer, which would be extremely unlikely. That yeah, coincidentally, yeah, yeah. I've just got, it's like you, God forbid, getting, you know, no one gets yeah, yeah, two yeah. different cancers in a year. Mm. So they confirmed it was the same cancer. Mm. So that means it's spread. So, yeah, yeah. so technically, 
that chemo and that radio didn't work then or what they think think because they can't know mm. what they think is maybe it had already spread here into the lining mm. and but it was kind of dormant it wasn't active so it activated in my neck and mm. and fortunately it stopped the chemotherapy it stopped all the lung one coming I then had radiotherapy to my neck, yeah. so that killed it off completely. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, maybe because yeah. I didn't have radiotherapy around my lung, if you'd had, maybe it didn't kill it off fully. If you'd had radiotherapy in your lungs, right, just for any reason, yeah. would it have killed? Would it have stopped this one from coming again? Well, what they've said now is because of where it is in the lining, they can't do radiotherapy. They I can't. Think, I think because of the fact that it's all in the lining, it's mm. not like in a specific part of my yeah, lung. Yeah, it's yeah. in the lining, so it's all around. <laughs> Both lungs. So both lungs right now. Ooh, so they can't operate because I need my lungs. Yeah. They can't do radiotherapy. Just got to rely on chemo. Yeah. And that's what you're on right now. Yep. So I had my first cycle um, almost three weeks ago. Yeah. This time it's two chemotherapy drugs. I don't need. Sorry, I'm going high voice because I'm getting that indigestion. Um, and. Yeah, I, this time it's not as intense. It's, I go in once every three weeks, mm. have an injection for about three hours on a drip. Mm. I go home. Last time it knocked me out for a week. So from Monday to about Saturday, yeah, I was knocked. same same as last time. Mm. No point going into detail. Same, same sort yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, Felt like death. Mood swings, this, that, uh, death. And then I've had two weeks kind of on the up. I'm still, still in pain, still on morphine and everything else. Mm. Um, but I'm trying to live a normal life. You are. On you really Monday are. the 18th. This one coming yep, up? Yep, in two days. So next starting one. again. Okay. And then in about two and a half weeks, just before they start the third one, mm-hmm. beginning of April, they're going to do a PET scan mm-hmm. to see if it's working. Because last time they didn't need to scan because it was on you my face. See. They could see it shrinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. This time they have to scan. So th- they, what they said to me is they're going to do the two basically as a test. So it's not just going to be two, mm. and that's it. They do the two. In about two and a half weeks, they're going to test yeah, and scan. To see there's that's going to be a crazy week psychologically. Yeah. Hopefully, the scan shows good results. It's shrinking. Mm-hmm. And then they will tell me, okay, you're going to do four more cycles. So that's and another that's 12 it. weeks. Well, your mind's going to be at ease. Your mind's going to be more like, okay, these are I don't actually... Even, I'm not even trying to think about the other, yeah, 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 the no, other options. Obviously... It's just gonna show that you, what they're doing is useful and it's helping. Yeah. Rather than, oh, this is not helping. Yeah. Now we need to go for another procedure, another way yeah. of doing. It. Because there is, because I don't know how many it's other draining. options there are. I know exactly. There's so many. There's not many options when it comes to stuff like this. But just something that comes to my head right now is, just like you said, the previously it was on your face and it spread to your lungs without mm. them realizing. Do you think that I can do the same thing now? Maybe spread from your lungs, go back to another place, and Easily. they wouldn't even realize. I know and because they're now doing full year. bodies scans but hopefully hopefully yeah. it won't be the game yeah, i'm saying like but that's it can that's a lot how of people it works relapse. that's how yeah, it works right people, yeah. that's how it works and this thing is it's so reckless man it's relentless this this these cancer cells they they work hard man yeah, they, they produce spread. twice as fast they want other cells that's they literally want to break you down and just literally take yep. over the whole thing and that's difficult bro man and even though it's technically stage four because it's spread to a major organ yeah it's not necessarily stage four like how some people imagine where it's yeah. in your whole body terminate basically you terminate um yeah terminal it's um because it's still in one place even though maybe it's stage four it's metastasized that's mm. what they call it mm. um but hopefully they get rid of it in my lung and then i'm good hopefully Bro, it never comes back and it's, it's the mindset now man this is i i know i remember the first day you obviously you said it you, you told me as well you told me before you told everyone like that you, you specifically spoke to the right people and i advise people like that out there right now what jack did he'd not put it out there he hadn't told social media yet he hadn't gone and told everyone he'd gone and specifically chosen the right people to tell and that's worked really well right it's it sort of let's people know that you need you know the close people to you and then before going onto social media and feeling that pressure of having to tell people and answer so many questions mm. you you took it in you told the people around you and obviously you got the support that you needed and then you went on told social media but that's the benefit of having gone through it last time yeah it's because i know what i was going through that's also yeah. the treatment mm-hmm. but also i now know 
what support I want, when I want yeah. it, how I want it. Yeah. And I wanted, like last time, but even more so this time, I said I want it to be on my terms. Yeah. So I want people to know when I want to know. Yeah. I want, um, you know, I want everything to be on my terms, good. basically. Good, so it's all good, in good. my control. That's the benefit of this podcast as well, because I mean, someone out there listening who knows somebody who's mm. probably going through the same thing, let them listen to this and also learn as well, because Jack's someone who's already going through it round two. But I remember when you first put the video out and you announced it and so many, obviously the support was crazy and good good on you like I love that I appreciate that and I literally went on I'd already known and I didn't want to make it look like a known or anything I didn't want to you know I'd already told you I told you on the phone that you know it's a mindset thing mm. now we're going to go at it again mm. we're going to be strong we're going to be hard we're here mm. but I'd also said one thing in the comments I remember I said the same way that obviously Tyson Fury you know who Tyson Fury is the same way he was knocked down and he was doubted and he was put down and he'd gone through so much and he'd come back and done what he did against uh, Deontay Wilder. To do that, bro, it's called round two for a reason. What's the Rocky quote? It's not how hard you, you hit, it's yeah. how hard you can get hit and, and keep still, going. Keep going, keep bro. That's literally what it is. And forward. it's called the round two movement for a reason. This is what you call round two. Now, round two can go two ways. You can go in a good way, you can go in a bad way. We never should forget the bad things, by the way. We are mature enough and we're strong enough to remember that, you know, life's life's hard, life's tough, and it can always result in bad ways. But we gotta we gotta keep our mind focused on the good way. And that's what it is right now, bro. Right now, round two, we're gonna go in strong, we're gonna go in hard, we're gonna go as good and as fit and as ever before. Alright? Yeah, exactly. We are real, we are realistic. We we know we're gonna be bad days, we know there's gonna be good days, we know there's gonna be normal days like today i genuinely genuinely never had an idea what cancer looked like in my head how it looked like before was you'd stay in a hospital 24 7 you were in bed you couldn't move you're unconscious there are people that go to work and i work literally i literally had just that idea that when you have cancer you need to leave the world like you literally just get put into hospital 24 7. Mm-hmm. i mean for you to sit in front of me to say to me right now that you've got cancer if, you, if this was a few years ago, I'd be like, wait, hang on a sec, how? how? How's that work? Mm. Why are you not in hospital right now? You should be mm. there 24-7. My friend's still going through treatment and she's she's working. That's day. what I mean. That's what I mean. So now, you know, it, it's not the case of what I was thinking. It's the mm. case that, you know, you still live a life. You're still able to do what you want to do. You're still able to, you know, there is obviously limitations. It's your mindset. But it's the mindset. Exactly. So now. To force yourself to now, keep eating, keep exactly. working out. 100%. Keep 100%. You're, you've been doing it really well and I'm going to con- continue to support you people are going to continue to support you but let's get ready for round two bro mm. let's seriously seriously get ready for round two and obviously it is hard as you said mm-hmm. bad days uh-huh and i still get bad thoughts i keep imagining scenarios in my head mm-hmm. with scam results coming back and him saying mm-hmm. it's not working obviously it's impossible to sometimes block out those thoughts 100%. but at least i need to accept that i will get those thoughts really then i've got an amazing network of people around me exactly whether that's virtually or yeah. in person yeah um and through that i'll get through it 100 percent, 100 percent. you couldn't have said it any better bro yeah. right now you're in the best shape in the best mindset you're only going to keep going people here for you i'm here for you and i'm about to lose my hair but it's hair or grow back that's what we're going to talk about right now as well before <laughs> i wrap up this podcast guys we just want to say a massive thank you to everyone just tuning in right to the end obviously thank you it's a massive it. pleasure it's more so for jack himself this is very special for himself and his family to listen to in the future but you know we are all, also by the way before we finish to all those guys that are going to message jack and tell him oh yeah do this eat this drink this because he told me about them annoying people that say drink carrot for like a, a week and it will help you guys just shut up please man <laughs> Co- coffee enemies that's my favorite literally one. like guys all you guys who think these fake treatments you come up with is going to help uh, someone who's going through so much please stay away and just shut up thank you thank you thank you <laughs> See, <laughs> thanks very much he said it for himself you know <laughs> but also i was gonna say right now i have obviously you know you, you've obviously allowed me to shave off your head i can't lie to you i've always shave off my head or my hair hair sorry <laughs> hair. <laughs> probably not my head i need that <laughs> but i've always had that you know that feeling of wanting to give someone a haircut so yeah thank you for that but also we're gonna document it and we're gonna keep it as a memory for, for yourself and for myself as well but it's been a pleasure bro i myself and all the people who are listening look forward to hearing you again we are Thank definitely you. definitely gonna hear you again sure. you're gonna push through this bro and it's gonna be uh round inshallah two exactly god willing bro inshallah god willing and the journey ahead is coming bro round two bring it on guys it's been your boy voice of idris it's me jmo 
Let's talk about the hats, by the way, quickly before we oh, yeah. sign out. Um, I'm selling hats, beanies for. Um, in the summer, it's summer coming up around the corner. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> you get cold. <laughs> oh, it's, it's in England. We'll leave. Um, That's it. Go on. Um, and some of the proceeds will be going to the Royal Marsden where I'm treated. That's it. That's it. So, guys, do check out www.itsmejmo.com yep. where you can get your beanies, support, you. buy as many as you want. doesn't really matter, guys. Give it to your friends and family. Also, follow Jack on his Instagram. I'm sure you see, you, you probably already do. If not, follow him. He documents his journey. Follow myself, Voice of Idris. And, guys, I look forward to keep making more and more of these podcasts. Thank you very much. And we'll catch you guys in three, two, Thank one. You. Peace.